Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. What's up everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up guys? This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 210. How about that, huh? For Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing this week? Oh, man, do I have some stuff to talk about. Not a ton. Not a ton, in all fairness. I will just be telling you guys a little bit about what, uh, what's been going on with me. Um, I went, uh, I did some physical activity, huh? Huh? Basically just getting out there. I'm continuing the fast. I will tell you exactly how that is going. Uh, give you guys my way in. Um, I got a couple other things, uh, you know, some, some, uh, health, some mental health, all sorts of different things that I've been working on. I'll tell you guys about that. I've obviously <laughs> spent more time watching some movies and things. I will tell you about those, some experiences, uh, that I have. I, uh, have a gig. I, I may or may not have a gig. I'll tell you guys what I'm working on next and just some regular, How's about, uh, how's about things with me? I guess that, if that's what you call them, I don't know. Um, I'll let you know to the top five, of course, later on, uh, a little reminder today, uh, on the podcast, it'll be top five things I felt strong about that a conversation or situation ultimately changed my mind on, of course. So I will let you guys know about those and that'll be, that'll be as, as, uh, the, the top five have been lately. Uh, it'll be a little wordy. So why don't I just get right into telling you guys, I'm going to give you an update on how my fasting is going. I started that about uh, two weeks ago, a little over. I'm actually on day 16 today. Um, and I was doing fasting from, uh, 1 PM until 7 PM. So I was doing just like a six hour chunk. There was a few times that I had to up it to like 12. And even when I did, it would be like, you know, 12, 15, 12, 30, 12, 45. So I never ate right at noon, but there was times where, Basically, I'd started an hour earlier and there was a few times where I was like, I had to go over the seven o'clock to eight. So a lot of people were telling me I should be doing 12 to eight anyways. But, um, the funny thing is too, is that several times, several times I didn't even eat till like two o'clock. Like I'd be like hungry, hungry, hungry. In fact, I even found myself sleeping. You know what I mean? Like I, I get, I was trying to get up earlier so that I, you know, get a good start in my day and, uh, and just be up different hours. I didn't want to be up all night. I was kind of like, it would be nice to get up when the sun comes up and kind of make the most of the day and, and feel that energy. And you know what I mean? Just, just getting myself into a better mind state versus like that depressive awake overnight kind of thing. Uh, did I say overweight overnight? I think I said overnight. Anyways, um, point I'm getting that is, uh, stuck to it. And lots of times I would get to, like I said, I was, I was hungry in the morning. So I'd be up at like six o'clock and I'm like, okay, only seven hours till I can eat. 
And I would, you know, I'd be plowing through and, and kind of hungry, but I'm like, I can put it off. I can put it off. And then I would just find myself like my energy levels would get low. And if I didn't have anything pressing, I'd be like, eh, you know what? I'll just grab like a, an hour long nap or an hour and a half, hopefully recharge. And then find myself like waking up at 12 and I'm like, oh, I had barely any time to, to go. So, um, <laughs> basically I've just continued on. And then a few times I also, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys before, where like, I also had like afternoon little bouts of lack of energy and, uh, I would, I would, you know, I would eat my meal, be finished like two thirty, three o'clock. Sometimes I'm like, I'll just have a little nap and pass right the hell out and wake up at seven o'clock and go, well, that's seven o'clock. So can't eat anymore. You know what I mean? Shut myself down. So there was uh just for what it's worth, even though I had that window, I'm just letting you guys know that I've been pretty goddamn good. I think one time, one time I was having a beer and I wasn't working on it particularly hard. And then I just, you know, I reached over one point and, and finished it. And I was like, oh fuck, it's nine 30. Um, so I'm going to forgive myself for that. It wasn't intentional. I didn't look at the time and go, fuck it. I want it. There was lots of times where I'm like, you know, hungry later on and, and like, ah, I could just go for a snack and you know, ah, what if I just, and I didn't. So I'm, I'm sticking to the rules. I am not, um, you know, blatantly breaking my own rules. I am sticking my best to the six hour thing. I have gone well under where I've only eaten for like three, four hour period and, uh, and what have you. So working really hard on, on maintaining my goals for that. Um, I weighed in today at three Oh six point six pounds right before I started the podcast. So that's good news. I'm basically down 10 pounds from where I started, uh, 16 days ago. So how about that? That's, that's a good start. And I've been eating not the greatest food. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not gonna pretend something, you know, it's not like I'm eating kale salads or anything. I was still eating whatever I wanted. I was just eating lesser quantities because I would get full faster. And excuse me, uh, I've been chugging these like bubblies, right? No calorie waters that I can get away with whatever time of day. But they do make me hiccup and burp. So I'm like, oh, I haven't had anything in a while. My throat's a little dry. Chug, chug, chug. Now I'm going to be hiccuping and burping. I apologize. But yeah, fasting day 16. Um, I went for a walk the other day. So I'm watching the time right now, guys. I've actually got a... Uh, training for, for a gig this weekend. Again, a gig that I may or may not have. I'm an understudy, so I'm getting paid for standby. So I may or may not be doing something this weekend. That'll be something that I'll tell you about next week, I guess. Um, but I went for, uh, one of the things to do is I'm, I'm being more active. So I had a, a day last week where I was like, I'm going to walk to my mom's place. She's about a 30 minute walk. Uh, it was hot. It was nice out. I'm just like, get that exercise, get those steps and record on my watch. And I think the whole thing ended up being like two kilometers or two and a half kilometers, um, overall, which is great. It took me 30 minutes there. I just stayed, had a little shoot the shit, uh, with her. Um, I think she offered me like a, like a low fat or whatever, low calorie, like fudge bar. You know what I mean? Like a, like a fudgeo or whatever. What the hell do you call those? Fudgesicles. Except it was just like, you know, it's like chocolate sorbet or whatever. Anyways, the, the dogs were all over me. So they pretty much got it. <laughs> so um, that was like what I would have had. And then I, and then I walked home again, another 40, you know, 30, 40 minutes back. So it was good. I was just out there getting my heart rate up, feeling good, getting the exercise. Uh, I did that. I did some more stuff, but I'm actually just going to er, hiatus because I need to hit the pause to get on this call here. But, uh, you guys won't even feel it. I just want to get this thing underway. I've been kind of banging out stuff all day and, uh, and not really getting to the podcast. I want to make sure that I have this for you guys on Wednesday, recording it on Tuesday as always. So, uh, I'm going to hit pause. I will be back to tell you guys tons of stuff. You won't even feel it. All right. And I'm back just like that. Easy peasy. You barely missed me. Um, 
One of the other things I did too is I actually went for uh, a walk with my mom. Like my mom's always wanting to to walk and do things like that. So, okay, all right, we got the phones going off here. Hey, we're taking calls. Um, what we got going on here? One second. Okay, all right. Uh, take another stab. Where's my goddamn pen? Okay, so. Um, I, I've been active more, as I told you guys, I went for a walk the other day. I was also like, my mom's like, uh, you know, Hey, you want to come? She's always asking if I want to go for a walk with her and the dogs. And in all fairness, like it takes me a lot of motivation to get outside and get walking. And when I do, I want to get my heart rate up. You know what I mean? When I'm with, walking with my elderly mother and two dogs, it's kind of like, uh, I'm just kind of wandering around aimlessly. I, I don't know. I like spending time with her, but, but the walking part, I mean, I guess, I don't know if her heart rate's getting up. But it's just a lot of like kind of standing around waiting. And that bothers me because I'm like, fuck, I'm out. I'm finally out. And I've got myself out of the house. It's like, it would be like going to the gym and then just kind of like, you know, n- you know, waiting around for the machines or whatever. You're like, fuck, I just want to get it going. You know, I don't I'm, I'm sure you guys understand what I'm saying. But Saturday morning, I went with uh, a walk with my mom uh, through the uh, experimental farm here in Ottawa that was this close by, um, which was nice. Did about an hour long walk with her. She was happy. Dogs were happy. It was early in the morning. So I was getting things in early. You know what I mean? Which is very difficult. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I'm going to just turn down the old uh, notification sounds on the computer here. Uh, Not off, just down. Uh, And then I got myself to Costco. Okay. So speaking of like, um, you know, I haven't been eating great. Uh, I told you guys about the fasting. I've just been eating less, uh, you know, so there's been the odd time where, you know, when I'm done fasting, I'm like, ah, I'll go get a burger. I'll get a poutine. And I will tell you guys about that later. There's a poutine place here in Ottawa. Oh my God, it's so good. But I went to Costco and I bought a ton of like produce. So I bought like, you know, um, spinach to make eggs, you know, like spinach, my eggs in the morning. Um, I got avocados, I got asparagus, I got bananas, I got corn. Like I got a bunch of different things to just, you know, eat more real food because this book I'm reading, I'm reading a book about fasting and, um, and it's just basically, you know, even saying that like, it's not even so much about like which diet or whatever. It's just, you know, it's better for your system in general to eat real food. And something it said was pretty, pretty straightforward. It's just like real food doesn't have nutritional information on it. You know what I mean? Like you're not picking up an avocado with the nutritional information on it. You're not getting this processed foods that require that information. You know what I mean? So, you know, meat doesn't have the nutritional information on it. It's, you know, it's a slice of meat. This is an apple. It's fucking avocado. What do you want? Real food, uh, is just generally speaking better for you. Right? So, there you go. So I went to Costco, braved that. It was a little annoying too, because, uh, uh, Josh, you're just bitching when you put, I'm not bitching. I'm just telling you what happened. Um, I, uh, I went to Costco and I ran into a bunch of people I haven't seen in a while, like the staff members and whatnot. They all know me pretty well there. I haven't been in a few weeks. Like I'm really kind of just, you know, eating and using what I've got here at the house already of which, you know, I had an abundance. So use that up. And I uh, went to Costco, got my stuff. And I just noticed how like every single person that I talked to was like within, you know, one or two questions, like, so did you get your vaccine yet? And I guess that's like the new, how's the weather? You know what I mean? And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't like small talk now. You know what I mean? Like, I know I can talk at length about nothing, but I don't know. There's a part of me that's just like small talk and over and over again, like the same recap five times in the store when I keep bumping into people that I know. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was nice to see them. It was nice to see everyone doing well. It was just kind of like, oh, I'm so sick of answering. Did I get the vaccine? No. What did you get the vaccine? No. Which one did you get? Oh, and why did you go with that one instead of, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm glad you're vaccinated. I'm glad you're going to be safe. Theoretically. Good for you. Be safe. You know, mazel tov, whatever you want to say. Good for you guys. Um, yeah. So, so basically this week, uh, stuck with the fast, 
got, uh, got out for a few walks, went out and got some better food to be, uh, you know, to be intaking. Um, already had some of the corn this week, which was delicious. Uh, did some, you know, some steak skewers. Uh, I've had phenomenal food this week. I've also had, uh, some, some great Canadian poutinery. All right. And that stuff was fantastic. I broke my fast with that. I had, uh, I think, I don't know if I told you guys about it last, last week or whatever. I don't know exactly when it was, but like one of the days I was like, I gotta, I gotta have somebody recommended me the sweet Montreal, which is basically a poutine with fucking, Montreal smoked meat, pickles, and then like a sweet mustard on top. Fuck, it's good. Um, I I also had a day where it was like um, just trying, just over the course of the week, I've tried this these different varieties of this poutine. You guys go check it out. I've already, rather than saying, hey, hit me up and I'll put it in the Instagram, uh, it's already there. Uh, during that meeting, I, uh, I was like, I have shit to do. And while they were just reading policies and procedures at us, um, no, I wasn't paying attention. And, um, it was like, don't drink on the job. Make sure we're not using, it. I'm like, and post on Instagram. So you can take a look at the two dudes that, that hooked me up, uh, this week. They were all like, Hey man, we've seen you a few times. You're really liking this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm dedicating my first heart attack to you guys. Cause uh, it's going to kill me. But I've been, I've been loving, loving these poutines, Instagram, one man podcast, jump on there and take a look at the, the pictures of the poutine uh, that I've tried this week. I've tried four different ones and they were all pretty spectacular. Uh, you know, one of them was, uh, was less, just less spectacular than the others, but fuck, they were all good. They were all spectacular. Take a peek. You'll see the great patinery. There's a few of them in Ottawa. So if you're in the Ottawa area, they got a bunch of them there. And, uh, and I appreciate the gang there. I had, uh, I had one called the wolf, one called the sweet Montreal, one called the Quebecer and one called Lebanese. So it was great. I'm going to avoid that place. I had fun, but back to reality, back to goals. And, uh, and yeah, and I don't know if I mentioned this already. Yeah. 306 guys, 10 pens down in two weeks. I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I was, you know, I was plateauing for a little while there where I was pounding poutine back. So, uh, you know, I was not gaining. I just wasn't losing. Uh, now I'm back to losing again. Happy man. Uh, so yeah. Um, I also, uh, booked a doctor's appointment. So some of the things that I had that were kind of troubling me and, and always in the back of my mind, I've got an appointment with my doctor. So we're going to get those figured out. I'm looking forward to that. That's just another thing this week I can be happy about. And I'll tell you more when I know more. And, uh, I also started uh, therapy again. How about that? My first, um, first talk with the, uh, the old doctor there, the old brain, uh, brain fixer upper, um, with, with the people that I know and care about, you know, all kind of like, you know, interested in, in bettering themselves. Some of them reaching out to therapists themselves, whatever. I'm like, you know what time I went back time. I went back and whatnot. So I actually don't have a, a session this week. I, I postponed it one week just because that gave me a better, uh, weekly time slot. So something was freeing up with one of his clients and I was like, yeah, I would rather that than, than the one that was offered. So, um, I'll start that up again and, and let you guys know how it was. I was, I, we chatted our, we did our 45 minute chat and just sort of, what am I looking for? What am I, you know, why now and not, you know, last month or next month. And it was just, it was cool. It was cool. It's good to, good to see the doc again. Good to see the old, uh, the old head doctor there, the old, uh, brain massager. So I'm, I'm really excited about that guys. I really am because I still have a fuckload of problems that I want to, that I want to work on. So excited about that. Um, and speaking of shit that I want to, uh, work on. So I was telling you guys, I might have a five, uh, I, I wrote it down here in my notes and I might have a five day gig. And now I'm like the understudy for this, this, this thing where it's basically going to be just giving away free swag outside of a liquor store. But, uh, as it stands, I'm getting paid to be a standby. And I hope that everyone just shows up for the shifts cause money is tight during COVID and, uh, all the pups on the call seem to really want to do it. So, um, I get paid for that training to sit there and post on Instagram and then I get paid, uh, and I get paid, uh, you know, 
to be on call and knock on wood that they will not need me for said uh, on call. So <laughs> it'd be nice to just, you know, make some, make a hundred bucks to sit on a call. That would be phenomenal. Um, I do want to go back to work, of course, but I, it's one of those things where like there was five days of it and they were like, Hey, would you be available for any of these days? And I was like, I'll take all five of them. Cause you train me and I get in the groove of doing a job. Like I want to do it a few days. I want to make 500 bucks for the weekend. I don't really want to have to learn how to do something, do it for one day and make like 80 or 90. You know what I mean? I'm sure you guys can understand what I'm saying. Why, why learn to do something? And it, it's just a one day thing. You know what I mean? Um, but Hey, you know, you take what you can get. I've got, I've done one day shit. That's paid me like two, 300 bucks. I'll do that. I'll do that. But you know, 20 bucks an hour for something I'm going to do one day. I'm like, ah, you know, I'd rather, whatever. You know what? Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. It's okay. I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. Um, I want to give a big shout out. So again, taking better care of myself. Uh, I'm kind of like motoring through this cause I have somewhere, uh, well, I gotta go, go get some stuff this evening and I'm going to run out of time. If I do it this way, we're, we're looking at 5 PM. So I just want to make sure I get a chance to get uh, deep into the top five. It's been kind of an uneventful week in terms of just content to talk to you guys about. So like, you know, it was good to go for a walk. It was good to, to hang out with my mom. My, uh, my dad gave me a, a bathroom reader, Brett came into town, uh, dropped off a, a bathroom reader. If you guys remember back then, it's very rare to find one that I don't have, but he brought me one in. I'm very, very happy for that. Um, got to just sort of have a coffee on my mom's back porch, chatting with my dad and my mom this morning. That was nice. Um, there's really not like, again, like it's not a whole shitload going on. It's really back to like, I'm reading, right. I'm spending some time reading this book. Uh, about fasting and just making sure that I'm not going to hurt myself with what I'm doing. Um, I'm making sure to take multivitamins every day. I'm, I'm, you know, drinking lots of water, everybody. So please nobody be fearful of me. I've actually, the more I do it, the less hungry I feel during the day. Um, which is great. Um, what else? Oh, um, the tennis elbow. This is a big one. This is a big one right here. Tennis elbow. Um, I am still trying to fix it, right? I'm doing these little stretches and things that I found online, but I have a wonderful human being in my life whom I've never met. I've met through the magic of this podcast. Um, I had mentioned that, uh, that my friend Brent out in Calgary, uh, was kind enough to actually take time out of his day to write up sort of like a little sort of exercise regime and, and what, you know, uh, some physio, uh, techniques and things like that to actually expedite the healing process of this tennis elbow. And I was, I can't even tell over the moon for someone to take the time to, to do that. So grateful. Um, well, I'm coming down the stairs yesterday and there's a package in the house with my name on it. And, uh, and lo and behold it's from Brent. And I was like, Oh, do you can, Oh, what is this? Open it up guys. There's a, like a flex stick, like a physio flex stick for like, you know, muscles strengthening for the arms and, and whatnot. And, and three like ice packs. Cause I was struggling with ice packs just, you know, filling cups in the fridge, you know, and freezing them like little old, you know, paper cups that I had from old Nespresso activations, right? Fill them with water, freeze them, and then kind of like rub them, you know, the, the surface of it around on the, on the little ligament muscle there. And, uh, and it was a pain in the ass. It would melt. It was dripping everywhere. Well, Brent sends me three of these things, like three different ones, obviously, so that I can interchange them, right? Cause I got to do 20 minutes on 20 minutes off, 20 minutes on 20 minutes off. And of course they kind of warm up. I don't want to say quickly, 20 minutes is plenty of time for what they've got, but you couldn't use the same one. Cause it's kind of got to go back in and freeze again. Guy sends me three of them. What an amazing human being. I, I really can't say enough. I really can't say enough. The fact that, that somebody that I know from the podcast listened cared enough to say, here's how you expedite the thing. And then to take the time and not to mention the resources, these things are not light. 
So he shipped it, you know, halfway across the country for me. Um, I really, I really can't express, uh, my gratitude. I really can't. Um, it's amazing to me. It, It truly is. And I know that for some of us, it's just a basic kindness and it's, you know, it's in us, but, um, there really isn't enough of that in the world. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not choked up, but I was like, there was a huge smile on my face. It was so kind. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful so much so that I am declaring the first ever onesie of the month. And some of you might not like the term onesie, but, uh, but Brent out in Calgary, uh, you know, owner of the racket network or racket network. I'm not sure if there's a the in front of it, but Brent is very first onesie of the month this month in May. I have dealt with my tennis elbow bullshit and, and this, and now, so not only do I get the, the work at the physio regime, the, the excellent advice on how to treat it, but literally the tools that I need to expedite my healing process. You know what I mean? So, uh, so that's it guys. You know, I'm, I'm posting it up on the socials and I'm declaring it here. May, 2021 onesie first ever inaugural onesie of the month is Brent J out in Calgary, uh, from the racket network. So grateful. So, so grateful guys. And if you are in the area, just that's the kind of person that you're supporting. So if you want to go to their, their storefront in Calgary, uh, or online racket network, uh, not a paid endorsement, just, I can't tell you the gratitude. So yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, if that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of guy that's, that's working at that place. You know what I mean? Uh, just, just taking care of people. Brent, thank you so much. Uh, truly cannot, cannot say thank you enough. Uh, warms my heart. So unbelievably kind. Uh, I have friends and family members <laughs> that listen to this. No one even called and said, Hey, you know, Hey, hey is your arm, uh, you know, I, it sucks to hear about that is how like, nothing they'll call me or text me if i'm wrong about something so i appreciate i really appreciate this kindness um and the rest of you shame no i'm kidding um onesie the month that's a new thing so may 2021 it goes to you my friend thank you so much i'm gonna post a little thing in the on the socials there the the the, the little first certificate uh <laughs> but i i really appreciate it i i really can't tell you uh, uh enough so you know there you go, guys. Five minutes of me not complaining about something. I got no reason to. How Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what I should do is I should just bitch and complain about stuff. Maybe like, ah, here, here's the solution. Shut up. I don't even care if that's the motive. <laughs> that works for me. But, uh, but thank you. So, um, I also learned this week, so I'm going to be doing some, uh, interviews. I'm going to be actually guest, uh, on a podcast myself and, uh, I will be having guests on the one man podcast. I read that book belief that I was telling you guys about for, um, from, uh, from dark helix. Oh God, please tell me I got that right. Dark helix press. Is it dark helix? Oh, I'm going to be so sad if I fuck that up. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yes, it is dark helix. Okay. I got it right. Sorry. I would just feel incredibly ignorant. Um, but yeah, the, uh, editor of dark helix and, uh, an editor of the, the book belief. Now, of course, I believe there were multiple editors on that. Um, but I was like, yeah, let's chat. Like, I mean, uh, this person, and it's so funny in, in email correspondence this week, it turns out that we, we have mutual people that we know here in Ottawa. Um, like, you know, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll talk about the podcast, but like married to someone I went to school with since I was a little kid, 
You know what I mean? Or sorry, I apologize. The, the, the brother of someone I went to school. So like, I mean, I'm like, yes, I know them. Yes. Oh my God. We have so much, we have so much in common already. Um, and they were so cool to chat to. Like, I know that this conversation was going to be great. I was a little apprehensive cause I'm like, okay, it's cultural and I'm an idiot and I don't even need help putting my foot in my mouth, but I'm like, this sounds like it's gonna be fun. All right, let's do it. So I reviewed the book and then she listened to the podcast and I was like, oh, fuck. you're not supposed to listen to my podcast i review it nobody involved ever hears my reviews and not because i'm gonna trash it just because who the fuck am i to review anything a high school dropout who who can barely (laughs) you know who can't even pack burgers without giving himself tennis elbow you know what i mean like i'm like don't why would you why would you take my review to her she was like your your review is very honest and i'm like oh my god i didn't know you heard that if i had known anyone was gonna listen to it (laughs) Isn't that the point of the podcast? Yeah, but I meant people who worked on it. Like, I don't want to, fuck, I hate when I get criticized. You know, I can take it, but I always internalize the shit out of it. And I'm like, no, I don't know anything. I just told you my idiot review of a book that I, that I, you know, that I read. But I don't know. I I think it's great. I think you guys, this is going to be a very fun interview because I'm going to be able to ask questions of an editor. You know what I mean? And like kind of what goes into this. She's also a writer too. So I'm really looking forward to having her. But I, it made me kind of stop and go, okay, I'd better, I'd better really be mindful of what I say on the podcast. Like, don't worry, I'm not going to clean it up anymore. I'm still gonna be stupid guys. <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, but I just mean that I think it'll be interesting, uh, to keep in mind that like, oh yeah, people who, the stuff that you're reviewing, people worked on that, you know, and they were kind enough to send me uh, the book. So again, I don't think I shit on it cause I did enjoy it, but I was honest, right? told you guys that I, I liked some of the stories and some of them ended abruptly. Some of them felt like a strong first act, you know, it was like, Oh great. I'm right into it. Okay. I know the characters and you turn the page and it's over. I'm like, Oh fuck. Okay. It's the cliffhanger. Do I get to buy next month's book or whatever? Like, but, uh, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about her and dark helix press and some of the other stuff that she's worked on. So, uh, you know what? Content content from somebody way smarter than me. Um, can't wait. It's going to be a blast. So we've been, we've been coordinating that. But like I said, also keep in mind that I'm like, I better just keep in mind that, you know, if I edit, if I, if I review someone's book or their work, you know, they might hear it. So, uh, I want to do a good job. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I don't want to kiss anyone's ass, but I want to make sure that I'm not being, uh, I'm not being careless with my words. Cause I don't want to hurt anybody. And, and we all work hard on shit. Fuck They're, shit. Fuck. I, I work hard on this podcast from time to time. And then I hear, I hear people like, Oh, you're just fucking bitching. I'm like, I was telling a, a story that I felt passionate about and I'm glad it just came across as me bitching. So, um, I also found out from, uh, Michaela that she listens, um, to the podcast. Anyone who doesn't know my, uh, my stepdaughter, is that what I call her? So she had mentioned that she had listened to a few episodes. I was like, Oh no, she's 13. I'm like, when did you listen to the podcast? I really, Lord knows what I talked about on those ones. So the, the overall point I'm making is I gotta be mindful of who's listening to my, uh, my shit here. Um, and speaking of books, I will say that the next book that I'm working on and reading is a book called hype by Gabrielle Bluestone. And it's about like internet scammers, right? Like, uh, she was the executive producer of the, uh, fire festival documentary on Netflix. 
Um, so she's written about that. She's written about, I think there was like this, this woman who was like scamming people out of money because she said that they had this blood test that could tell you this, that, and the other. I don't remember. I remember seeing it on, on TV somewhere. Like there was something talking about this crazy woman. I think it was like a Ted talk or one of those things, about like being confident and scamming and just having like sociopathic, whatever it was, it was interesting to see. And they were like, like, oh yeah, we got this and we got that. And people were just giving the money. Oh my God. They got the fastest full of shit, full of shit. So the whole book is just called hype and it's like about inter- internet scammers. Why do we follow them? You know what I mean? Like why, you know, why do they do it and why do we follow them? That's kind of stuff. So I'm going to be reading that book and I'll give it a review soon. Um, I've been in talks with the publishing company or I believe the, uh, the promotional department of said publishing company to just try to, uh, publicists. I think that's what I'm talking about. Publicists, um, to get an interview with, uh, Gabrielle as well. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm going to read the book first, see what I think. Maybe I'll hate the book. I don't want to. I love, I love the document. I've already watched it twice. I watched it the day it came out a few years ago. And then I watched it again. Um, the day I found out about this, uh, this book that I was getting. So I was like, Oh, I want to watch that again. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the next book that's coming up. If like, I think I'm going to start telling you guys too. So just in the odd chance that, you know, you guys want to pick up a book and you're like, you know what? I'll, I'll read it too. I'll send in, you can compare my stupid review of it and, uh, and your thoughts and whatnot. Um, yeah. And then what did I watch? I watched some stuff, guys. This is the last thing before we get to the top five. I'm trying to bang this one out here, try to keep it under an hour because I've been going long lately. Um, especially since this top five is like kind of, oh, it's going to be long. Fuck. I really hope it's not long. I watched, uh, some movies. I watched as good as it gets again. Probably one of the most, I don't want to say underrated because everyone loves it, but just when you're talking about like outstanding comedies and it's like, it's kind of a romantic comedy, kind of not, you know, um, as good as it gets, Jack Nicholson, Greg Kinnear, Helen Hunt, great fucking movie. So many classic lines, so many hilarious things. Um, yeah, I just, I was dying laughing cause I'd forgotten some of the great lines in that movie. Harold Ramis, the late Harold Ramis is in there. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen as good as it gets, I believe I was watching it on Amazon prime. Um, but listen, you owe it to yourself if you've never seen that. Cuba Gooding Jr. also in that movie as well. Um, you, you owe it to yourself. Truth, truly, you will have a very hard time not enjoying that movie. I, I, there's some classic lines, some of them polarizing, but I, I just want to say it. But I, I remember this one time. This, there's one moment in the movie that just makes me laugh my ass off, and it's Greg Kinnear. He plays a gay, uh, gay man, and he just, you know, he says to, to Jack Nicholson's character, he's like, "You amaze me." Melvin, I love you. And he goes, I got to tell you, buddy, I'd be the luckiest guy in the world if that did it for me. <laughs> just, just a fucking, I don't know. I loved, love that movie. Love that movie. Um, <laughs> there's some, there's some jokes in it that you couldn't, you couldn't get away with nowadays, but it's just, it's so much fucking fun. It's so much fucking fun. Um, watched a, uh, horror movie on a recommendation from a friend, um, a movie called death of me. Uh, which was basically, it's a couple is on vacation or something. They watch a video where the husband is killing the woman, but it's like, but how is that possible? I'm right here. I'm not dead. How did you kill me? If, if I'm right here and fine. So it's kind of, and then it just sort of goes all over the place. I watched it. I, I really can't, I still can't even tell you what the fuck happened in it. It wasn't scary. It wasn't like eerie or go- like there was like, there was like one moment that was kind of gory and I felt almost needlessly, 
but it was just it was just nothing. And it had it had one of Chris Hemsworth's brothers in it. Some he looked like Chris Hemsworth fucked Russell Crowe. He just had this weird, goofy, stupid look to him. But I don't know. It was uh, it was just it was bad. It was called Death of Me, and the budget looked halfway decent, I guess just, it's just what's going on. And they're, they're going to the doctor to, to what's wrong with me. And then they go to a witch doctor and then there's a parade and then they're at a, like they're having hallucination. It's just, it, I did not like it. Tasha, I know that you listen to this podcast. I hope you do anyways. Uh, that was her recommendation. Boo. Boo. Write a review. Tell me what you liked about it. Boo. I did not like that movie. Um, I watched a couple other ones. Huh? Huh? Uh, Would You Rather. I watched a movie called Would You Rather. And it's basically kind of like, uh, you know, if you think like Dinner for Schmucks, right, with uh, with Paul Rudd and Steve Carell, it's like a bunch of people are invited to a dinner at some super rich guy's house or whatever. And the concept of would you rather, right? A lot of people call them dilemmas or things like that, but it's like that old game, right? Would you rather do this or that blah, right? Well, and, and would you rather is not anything new, by the way. I'm sure a lot of people, if you're into horror, you've already seen it. But the idea is that a bunch of people get invited to this thing. Uh, they're going to play a little game. The winner leaves with with all their, your, your protagonist, right, is got a sick brother and can't afford his medical bills. So her incentive to, you know, do this thing is, is, oh, well, you know, if you go and do this thing, you could get all, you know, the winner of this game will get this. So it's, you know, oh, I see. Right. And then you get there and it's like, okay, we're having dinner. And then here's where the money goes. We're going to give you this if you do that. And it's like, it starts, it's basically starts off where, you know, one person is vegetarian. No, I'll tell you what, why don't you eat that thing? I'll give you $10,000 to eat that steak. And it's like, boom, they start eating. And he's like, ha ha ha, look how quickly, you know, all those, all those morals, all those, all that fighting for the cause wiped away with $10,000. So a little bit like, you know, he's a little bit of a cock, but, uh, it was just fascinating to me. Um, I liked the premise. I liked the kind of how that, that cerebral shit. The only thing was that the, would you rathers rather than it being, I kind of felt like it was gonna be a little bit like truth or dare style where one person gets asked, would you rather do this and that? Okay, next. Hey, would you rather? It was like, it would be like a, would you rather? And then it went around the whole table. So you're watching like over and over and over again, the same scenario, everyone picking it. And so because of the length of time, it did that. Um, I was a little disappointed by the variety of, of situations people were going to get put into. I think by the end of the movie, there was like six total and you know, all the, all the good horror movies and suspense was like, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. Um, the only two people that were in the movie that were recognizable to me, sorry, three people recognizable to me. There was the guy who played Darnell and my name is Earl crab man. Uh, there's the guy who played Ricky from trailer park boys, Rob Wells. And then there was the guy who played Kevin McAllister's father. Who's Kevin McAllister? Some of you know, uh, Kevin from home alone. So he played the father in home alone, which is what the eighties, early nineties. So I haven't seen that guy in anything in a while. In fact, uh, I had to sit there and go, what the fuck do I know that guy? He was the dad and something. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. Um, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. Like it, it was well done. I just, my only, my only disappointment was that there wasn't more variety. It was like, it was like a saw movie. If there was like three traps in it, you know what I mean? You're like, I get it, but that's not, you know, a slasher movie where he kills two people. The whole movie, you're like, uh, it should have been more, more carnage, more carnage. Um, but decent, 
again, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't the guy who played the rich dude was, uh, he was like, ex- he was, I don't know. He's not eccentric. I don't think pretentious either. Like when guys speak super regal and very articulately, oh no, it was you who decided to accept our challenge this evening, blah, 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 blah. Like it wasn't just that he was British. It was, it was just over the top, you know, uh, excessive syllables, multisyllabic words, you know what I mean? So just, he just didn't talk like a regular person. He talked like fucking some Shakespearean actor. So, but he, but it wasn't over the top. A lot of times in the case when they do that, it's over the top. This was very believable. I believe a thank you is in order for blah, blah, blah. It's just, yeah, whatever. It was, it was good. Would you rather? All right. Take a, take a peek at would you rather? Let me know. Am I wrong? Am I, uh, am I asking for too much? And then finally, uh, I watched a movie, just finished it this morning called The Platform. So, um, Platform, interesting premise. Someone was telling me about it, saying that it's like a plat, like, think of this like tower, right? It's like, I mean, who knows if the tower starts underground or not, but it's basically just level after level after level. And it's like prison. All right. So like you're on a floor, uh, concrete room, concrete box in the middle of the room is a square slash rectangular shaped hole. And that hole proceeds down through every hole. So you can look up and see that that hole. You can look down and see the holes and there's just floor upon floor of people. There's two people per floor, right? And you'll see there's times where people are like looking up at the hole and yelling at the guys next to them, you know, above them, sorry, or yelling down to the people below. And the, the premise of the movie is that, at the very top is a, is a, I guess it's like a, a floating platform of, uh, food. It's like basically a giant, just think of basically like a giant concrete dinner table, banquet table that just lowers down through these holes. And the whole idea is that the table's filled every day and there's food on it, right? It's filled with food every day. And then it starts at level one, right? And then the people in level one get to eat and then it lowers down to, to number two. And those people get to eat. So by the time it gets down to like level 40, you know, the table's been kind of ravaged, but it's, you know, there's still some food there. And then, you know, as the movie goes on, they're kind of like, how low does it go? And, and the idea is every single month, the premise, every single month of this sentence or experiment or whatever the fuck it is, um, these people every month they get swapped to a different floor. So you don't know what floor you're going to end up on. So some people have had really good experiences being near the top and awful experiences where they were like starving for a month because by the time I got down to their 132nd floor, there was like no food left. Right. And over the course of the movie, it's just like, how deep is this place? And they're like, I, I've been as deep as blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So like they're talking to different people. Uh, a lot of stuff goes on. It is, uh, an incredible premise. And to the point where like, at first I'm like, okay, so like, how are they gonna make a whole movie out of like a table that, you know, just comes down and feeds people or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the way it explained it to me was almost like, it was like a platform that would come down and people like run out and gather food. Like you're not allowed to, to keep food. Like there's punish. I won't give it away, but there's punishments. There's, there's ways that they have secured that you eat when the table's there. And when it's gone, that's it. The food is gone. You don't get to fucking scarf, you know, grab a bunch of stuff. Um, very interesting premise. I kept thinking like, how are they going to make a whole movie out of this? And they definitely had angles. And I was like, oh shit, that is interesting. And that's interesting. And blah, blah, blah. It ultimately fizzled out to nothing in my opinion. Um, but still a very interesting premise. Uh, and I, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Would love to know what you guys thought. I was kind of like, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested. Um, and then just kind of like, oh, what's that all about? And then it just sort of gets to one of those points where you're like, oh, I don't quite get what's going on. But it, I mean, I got to say, it does keep you watching. 
um, the story, like I said, it kind of fizzles out, but you are, you are in it until the end. And then once you, you know, you look back and you're like, well, it didn't really answer this. And I guess this doesn't make sense because there was no that. So you're kind of just waiting for it to all come together, I would say. But, uh, but wicked premise, very cool to watch. Uh, you get to thinking like, oh, I think I would do this or I would do that. What if you did like, it's, uh, it's cool. The platform, uh, on Netflix, death of me also on Netflix. So I'm tapping this hard. Would you rather on Netflix and as good as you get, or sorry, as good as it gets, I believe was on, uh, on prime. All right. So 38 minutes in perfect time to start the top five, top five list this week, gang. Um, I will mention contact at one man podcast.com. Uh, I would love to have you guys, uh, send in your top five. You can either use the same top five as me or send in one of your own, any random shit. Um, oh fuck. I had an idea for, uh, Oh, that was a good one too, but I can't remember. I was like, I, it, no one sent it in, but I'm like, I think this is one that I could do. It was the worst. It was It was something about music or, ah, uh, God, it's going to bother the shit out of me. I was like, this is a really good one. I could definitely, definitely do that. All right. Well, now I've forgotten it. So my top five this week, gang, again, one, one last time. Sorry, real quick before we move on. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Uh, send me what you want to send. Uh, suggest it, whatever it is, and we'll, we'll get it going for this week. We got top five things I felt strong about that a conversation or situation ultimately changed. So coming in at number five, we've got using the term partner. That was something, um, I, it's hard to think sometimes of a, something that you feel super strongly about, um, especially something that you feel super strongly about that you've changed your mind on. Now I love the positive angle of this. Um, because it forces you to sort of look inwards and realize that like, Hey, you know, sometimes it pays to be open-minded and looking at things differently. So, um, I bring this one up. Okay. I like the idea of the, of the whole, uh, you know, what are things I thought? So this was something I found interesting as I noticed. Um, and some of these I have talked about before in the podcast, but for the sake of just, you know, putting them all back together, that's what we're going to do. So, um, using the term partner, I noticed a lot of people were doing that. My partner, my partner, my partner. Now, of course, uh, you know, when I was younger, you know, you hear, Hey, my partner, you're like, Oh, what are you cops? Like, you know, you're a cop, you know, your partner, Hey, my partner and I are going to go into this building. Like that's kind of the only time I heard partner. And then of course I started to hear the term partner in the LGBTQ community. And my brain always was just like partner, despite the fact that I know what the word is, you know what I mean? And what it means, it was just used predominantly in a, you know, like a gay or lesbian relationship. So I was like, okay, uh, partner just automatically means, um, well, that's, that's what I thought. I'm not saying I'm right, but I was just like, okay. So again, it's not like I feel strongly, but you shouldn't use her. Nothing like that. I'm just saying, this is what I thought. And it was my understanding. So I guess this is not one necessarily that I feel strong about, but it was just a strong understanding when someone's like, oh, you know, my partner, it was like, okay, same sex. That's what I thought. Um, and I remember one night, I remember one night, uh, I was at absolute comedy and I was talking to someone and they just kept saying my partner, my partner, it was a, f- a female. And she's like, yeah, you know, um, my partner, this, my partner, that never really gave anything. And then she's like, yeah, he's the, and I was like, oh, he's your boyfriend. Yeah. And then I just, I was asking, cause like she had said partner several times, these were younger people. So was, I believe university students or maybe just slightly older. And I just remember asking them, I go, is there any, um, I said, I've just noticed that you've used the term partner. You never said boyfriend or anything like that. I go, is there any particular reason for that? Cause I, I was fascinated. I'm like, I noticed a lot of young people using that terminology. I'm hearing it a lot more. Um, and rather than just going with my, you know, uh, old 
understanding of what it was just like i just said is there any benefit or any any you know um progressive reason for doing that and the person who was saying it actually said um i don't know i've just kind of always used it but another person at the table said uh that they they uh feel that they use it because it's not offering up information do you know what I mean? Like if you're talking to somebody and you're like, oh yeah, my boyfriend does that. You just say, hey, my partner likes that. My partner and I do this. My partner and I enjoy that. And so it's not about necessarily LGBTQ or whatever, but the idea is that by saying partner, cause, cause that was the thing, right? Is like, if you told me, hey, you know, my partner, I immediately assumed same sex relationship, but it's not that. So, well, I mean, maybe it was, but all I'm saying is that when you say my partner, it's a great way of, of letting someone know that you're in a relationship without outing your sexual orientation. You know what I mean? So if you say, Hey, my boyfriend, well, I, now I know you're straight. You might be, you know, you might be bi or, or pan or whatever it is, but just for the most part, it does feel like you're offering up some information about your sexuality. So when you say partner it, you're not hurting anybody. You're not saying you can't say boyfriend or whatever, but just know that like when they explain, I'm like, well, it's kind of like, it's not necessarily a privacy thing, but it's just saying like, I'm not, I don't need to offer you up that information. I can say my partner, da da da, And, gender slash sex are not involved in it. So I just thought that was really cool. And I'm like, I can get behind that 100%. And so that, that conversation just in its innocence or whatever, just the, the curiosity being like, oh, I wonder why, do you mind if I ask why you're using that terminology? Cause like I said, I understood to be same sex. And when she said boyfriend, I go, well, it's clearly not. Um, I found that fascinating. That's something that's, uh, that's important to me. Um, this one here, number four, numero quatre for my French listeners. Um, sorry guys, all the click clack, everything I pick up is grabbing a cord or tapping something. Um, the use of the use of, I'm just going to say the words, uh, saying the word faggot or retard. Um, I don't, I've talked about this before in the podcast and also I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I used to feel like uh, I didn't use those words in a hurtful way. Like I never used it to describe, uh, homosexuals. I never used it towards people with special needs. Um, I, that's not the kind of person that I am. I would never want to hurt somebody with it, but I did. There was a time where I did throw those words around, uh, very liberally and I'm still, I'm still capable of accidentally using the quote unquote, R word. Um, I catch myself too. I'll be like, what are you ridiculous? Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't like saying it. And here's now, again, I go back to my original way of being was like, I'm not like, first off, I grew up saying those words. Um, again, not in a description of, you know, the, the hateful words that they were said. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying it, these were words that were in my very vocabulary as a male raised in the eighties, nineties. Like, yeah, I had shit words in my vocabulary. Um, but the thing was like, if I ever said them, you know, it was kind of like, I'm not using it against these people or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm not using it against the people, whatever. It's just like, um, it's just like a throwaway thing. Um, and that was my position on it was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be told what my intent is. Like, I know my intent is not that I don't want to be told my intent is that was my previous position on it. And then I was just kind of like, you know what though? These are words that whether like R A R E, uh, these are words that could hurt someone. You know what I mean? Even if my intention isn't to hurt, you know, if I say that to a friend or whatever and somebody else overhears it and perhaps they are gay or perhaps they do suffer from some sort of, you know, mental illness or in the spectrum, some kind, I would hate to say it and have someone be hurt by it. 
you know, accidentally, regardless, it does, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You fucking throw a rock and hit somebody you didn't mean to hit. I don't mean like, Hey, I was trying to hit that guy, but I mean, just, you know, you, you drop something, you spin around too quick, you bop somebody, whatever it is, you know, when you hurt somebody, you know, if you didn't mean to, it still hurt them. And so I guess just, I guess, I don't know if it's through conversations or just self-reflection, just asking myself really like, how important is it to me to have these words in my vernacular? You know what I mean? Like, do I really need to be walking around and saying this? Like, again, albeit, you know, just on occasion or whatever, it doesn't just, it doesn't justify it. And I'm not standing up for it. I'm just saying that these are words that I've said. And, uh, regardless of whether I use them for what their original tent, you know, uh, whatever, um, I don't, I don't like it. I'm like, yeah, it's not worth it to me to keep these words at the cost of maybe hurting somebody. So that's something that I changed my position on. And what I like about these words is these are words that we recognize are venomous and, and can be hurtful and well, can be pretty much are hurtful. Um, what I like about, well, what I like about them is that we kind of universally agree that, you know, we shouldn't say them. You know what I mean? There are people who, you know, have the old position. He's like, well, Hey, I'm not, I don't mean like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that's great. And maybe the people that know you know that you don't mean that just like the people who knew me knew that I didn't mean that. But at the same time, you might hit somebody else with it who doesn't know it. You could hurt somebody. You could ruin their fucking day. You know what I mean? Sometimes hearing those words are, are, you know, think about the people who suffer from special needs who, who may have been picked on or ridiculed or whatever it is. You know, kids are not, Kids are not kind. Kids can be cruel. And despite the fact that we have fucking soccer moms and bloggers talking about cyberbullying like they've destroyed it, it's not. You you know, it's it's like hackers and, and security developers. You know what I mean? Like bullies, you know, maybe got pushed back where now they can't just do it openly in front of the teachers. Like when I was a kid, you I had people tease me right in front of the fucking, you know, the the playground monitors. They didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? The authority never helped me. So like, yeah, maybe now that they have to put their foot down, you know, bullies are, are picking on the kids outside of the, the schoolyard, you know, and then they push back to online and they're cyberbullying them. They're just like the, the, the mean people will find a way to still be mean. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying, like you say that word and someone's like, oh, I, didn't, I, I don't mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't mean you or whatever they hear. That. It just puts them back in a place where it was really shitty. Like, why would you want something clanging around in your your, your mouth that could hurt somebody. Something I do take issue with, and I'm going to get back to like the positive of it is, um, something I do take issue with is that, uh, idiot, moron, imbecile. were all other textbook definitions for people with special needs. So I do find it kind of shitty that it's okay to say idiot and imbecile and moron. What are you a fucking moron? Like that's okay. You know what I mean? You can, you can say that something is lame. Well, lame means, you know, legs don't work or whatever it is, the, the proper definition, but lame is, is a physical condition, but we've just adopted that. We're not, we don't use it the way that we mean, but we're still using that. Nobody will jump down your throat for that. So there is that fucking human being hypocrisy and, and ass backwardsness of, of all of it, that we still have other clinical definitions of, of disabilities or whatever that we're totally using, totally fine. But these words are so heinous. We can't even say what the word is. Um, I think that's a little bit backwards and I'm not advocating. I really want to make this clear. I'm not advocating that we should be able to do it because we can use all these other ones. I'm saying that we kind of need an, a general general overhaul. You know what I mean? We need new words that mean crappy. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a, that's really crappy. That's boring, right? 
then you have people with ADD going, well, don't make fun of my, like, I can't help but be bored. How dare you use boredom as a choice? Anyways, all, I, all I'm saying is that I think that that those two words that I referenced, um, it's it's nice that just generally we regard them as unacceptable. Um, there are other words that we deem unacceptable, right? Like the N word. That is not one that I will say on here, but that, that the issue I take with that one is that you make it okay for some and not okay for others, the drawing lines. And, and it basically keeps it around. You know what I mean? Like for myself, I've decided to shelf those words, you know, shelf. I, I threw them in the incinerator before you attack me. What are you keeping them for? I've just, I'm getting rid of them. I'm trying to get them out of like, I, like I said, I catch myself when I use the R word. I don't usually use the other one. Again, it's just kind of hateful. You, you use it even if you're not using, well, Jesus Christ. I think you use them both as an insult. You know what I mean? Like I've never, oh, you're such an F word. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't, I don't know anything that hurts people. So like I said, my perspective is as much as I don't mean it that way, it's, it's tough to keep in my, in my vocabulary. It's hard, it's hard to me for me to justify to myself ethically that these are words that that's eh, okay to use. Cause I don't mean it that way. I, you know what? throw the n-word around and and make that argument and see if if it's accepted but like i said my issue with the n-word is that you keep it around you're keeping it alive it would be nice to just either destroy it or what i loved about the 90s hip-hop culture is that they took the word and they made it a term of endearment you know what i mean and i'm like that's great take something horrible and turn it into good you know what i mean that is people taking plastic plastic bottles and making plant plant pots out of them and you know what i mean like you just if you take something that's shitty now that's not on the same place i would i we can't wait for 10 years from now if i have some sort of success and this conversation right now is like he said that saying the n-word in a positive is the same as taking plastic gar-. i'm just saying there's things in this world where you take a negative and you make it a positive and i'm like that's great but you kind of need everybody on board for something to morph into it, right? And I'm not suggesting everyone just goes around and starts calling only one group of people, but I'm saying if everybody calls everybody that in a in a positive, like, hey, buddy, it becomes the new term for buddy, which it seemingly does in that community, right? It's a positive. Yeah, I don't know. That's how that's how you change things. But as long as you still have lines where it's like these people say it and it's bad, these people say it and it's good, automatically. Like that's the thing too, to to be able to dictate intention based purely on your skin like doesn't even matter you have this skin so you say it and it's bad you know if you're calling someone it you know and one person has one skin color and one person there that's pretty fucking obvious what what's going on there but anyways like i said i just i think that taking the other uh i think that 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 taking shit words out of your vocabulary is ultimately good you know what i mean if you're if you're going yeah but i don't mean it that way it's like fine we're not attacking you. I understand you didn't mean it that way. I'm not going to shit on you for a perspective that, you know, I had before, but it's just that, but just if you take a second, right, the conversation, the, the reflection, if you just go, do I really, do I really need it is, is risking hurting someone else. You know, I got other words I can use, you know, I can tease, I can, I can ball break with the best of them. I can, I can, I can afford to take two words, you know, hang them up, put them like jerseys from the rafters and just raise them up and go, okay, we're not using it anymore. All right. It had a lot of, a lot of big years, but raise it up to the rafters, the racism rafters or whatever it is. Prejudice rafters. Okay. Uh, chivalrous versus controlling or abusive. 
So this was something, again, not that I felt strongly about, but it's something that I had an understanding of. Um, and this story is going to fucking piss me off because I never got to finish the conversation I was particularly interested in. Um, but I was having a conversation with a woman after a show and she was talking about, you know, how she worked in a, a center for, for women who were in abusive relationships and controlling relationships and things like that. And she was just talking about different things. And I, I, I said, I want to, I said, do you mind if I ask? Because I've, I've always, I've got behaviors I'm not fond of, you know what I mean? But I'm like, I'm just wondering, is there any way of knowing like if I'm abusive or whatever? Like, I hope I'm not, but I know, I know I'm not fit. I would know I was never physically abusive, but I'm like, there was times like a long, this is also a, a long ago conversation. Um, I remember just being like, oh, I wonder if I have any, you know, maybe verbally abusive or, or emotionally abusive tendencies, you know? So I, I asked because I just, you know, I don't know. Part of growing is like, is like holding yourself up to like, Hey, am I, do I have narcissistic tendencies? Do I have insecurities? Do I have codependency? Do I have, you know, attachment issues? Do I have abusive issues? Like what the fuck is wrong with me? You know? What, what is the shit that I should work on so I can ultimately be a better partner for someone someday? Ah, so cute. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, I remember asking this woman, I said, like, I remember like, oh, I'm, I'm, I remember saying like, I, I'm, I like to think of myself as like old fashioned or chivalrous. You know what I mean? Like pick the lady up, pay for dinner, da, 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 da. And she's like, that's, there is nice chivalry out there, but chivalry can very quickly become controlling or abusive, like depends on the person. Not every person is chivalrous, but sometimes, uh, controlling or abusive behavior, uh, starts off looking like chivalry. And I was like, interesting. Well, tell me, tell me like what he bet. She's like, well, for example, you might be like, Hey, um, let me take you up for dinner Friday night, you know? And then the next time it's like, Hey, let me, let me take you up for dinner Friday night. I'm going to pick you up at seven, you know? And then like, Hey, I'm going to pick you up at seven, uh, you know, Friday night and wear that red dress that I like, you know, and then it's, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go to this restaurant and you're going to order this meal. And it's like, and, and she was basically illustrating how like, I, and there might be some people like rolling their eyes, like, oh, it's no big deal. But, but they were describing, cause I had a conversation with a friend this week about how could someone get into an abusive relationship? And if you're in an abusive relationship and you don't leave, that's on you. And I'm like, I have a better understanding of how people can stay in abusive relationships, especially when they've been brainwashed and conditioned. This stuff usually takes time to develop. So I remember just thinking like, well, I'm the kind of guy who would say like that, but I wouldn't say like, Hey, wear this dress and buy this meal. It's like, it's just, you know, Hey, I would love to, Hey, can, you know, pick you up and, and you know, this and that kind of thing. Like I'll, I'd love to, to take you to the restaurant and I got a nice place picked out, but, but I could see how that that progression over time where it's like, you're always calling the shots. You're always telling the person what to do before they know it. They, they, they maybe feel like I can't make any choices. I'm always doing what they say. And then of course there's the time where you kind of decide, Oh, I don't want to do that. And they're like, what? And I don't know. It was, um, it was fascinating to me. And the conversation developed. I, unfortunately I can't remember specifically how, but we were talking about how like these relationships and these people can actually like the reason they end up in these shelters is because after so long of kind of being told how it's going to be and what to do when you get to get, you know, or it seems chivalrous at first, then you move in together and all of a sudden the behavior becomes even more controlling. Who are you talking to? I don't want you to like, it, it was fascinating to sort of hear how that shit can develop. Unfortunately, I didn't get to finish the conversation because one of the servers who worked at uh, absolute at the time thought it would be funny to come in at like a very vulnerable part of a story of someone who had undergone a lot and just made some joke like, yeah, if she doesn't listen, you smack her around. Ha <laughs> ha. Now this person did not react well. They basically like, he stuck his face right over her shoulders. Like, yeah, if she doesn't listen, just smack the bitch. And she, she very quickly responded with slapping him in the face. 
Not okay. I get that. Um, but the server was right away like, you're out, get out, like done. And that was it. Kicked out out of the, the club and, and that was it. So I was like, I didn't want to chase this person. I'm like, wait, wait, I want to know more about abuse and everything. Let me follow you. Like it was frustrating. You know, obviously she shouldn't have slapped him in the face, but at the same time, like when someone is, has basically been saying for like the last 20 minutes that they're, you know, a grief counselor for people who've undergone like these traumas and stuff like that, his joke, like, I don't know. I feel like he could have been like, okay, maybe I had that coming. Can't happen. I don't know. I'm just disappointed that I didn't get to understand more. That was an opportunity for me to sort of learn more. I mean, obviously I can read books and shit on it, but I just, I was, it was interesting to be able to actually ask someone questions versus just, I'm going to read what the book tells me or, you know, what the video or the website or whatever. I just, I found that, that interesting and it did sort of change my mind because I remember thinking like my friend who I spoke to this week, it's like, oh, you know, if you get an abusive relationship, like that's on, you can leave. That's on you if you stay. And I, I understood from that conversation that I had from just what they were talking about, the progression and different questions I was asking is how. Yeah. Like when you get isolated from, from the people that care about you and more and more like controlled and stuff like that, you can have this sense of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to leave. You know what I mean? They've, they've convinced me that like, this is the best that I can do. And, and you know, that they're really a good person, all sorts of fucked up, you know, brainwashing and, and mind control and stuff like that can happen and influence your behavior. So for me, the change was just like, oh, and yeah, like I could totally see how, again, the chivalry part where I'm just, oh, I'm just being nice and picking you up. I'm taking you to the you know nice restaurant, all this. And it's just like, yeah, but where, where does my say come in? Where do I get to be part of this? I don't know. It was, it was fascinating and definitely uh, changed my mind. Number two, a big one, a big one. It was number one on my list for a while. And then I had to put number one. I had to put number one where it belonged. So this is number two guys, um, a big thing. And I, this was one I felt strongly about and in, in, in classic, uh, and I gotta say former, cause I'm not even this adamant about anything anymore, but I, um, I did not want to be a parent. I did not want to be a parent. Um, and this is this one specifically is why I had to ask if I could, if it's instead of just calling it a conversation that changed my mind, I had to ask for it to be a situation because I knew this one, this was the first one that came to mind. Um, when, when, uh, my friend uh, submitted this list, um, I did not want to be a parent. I, I thought that, you know, Hey, like you find someone, you want to spend time with them. And a kid is not that it's bad, but it's just a, a responsibility that makes a lot of things in life ultimately more difficult. And I remember having conversations with my friends, my best friends who are still my friends now, who are all parents. Now, all of the people that I'm thinking of right now are parents now. And I just remember conversations with them. I remember one specifically where, um, you know, red good friend of mine has co-hosted this podcast. One time we were fuck early twenties, I believe. And we were all at, you know, having beers and, and red had said, and red, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but it was, it was a perspective at the time. Obviously more people are going to suck. Everyone at the time sided with you, not me, but I get to talk about my, my thoughts at the time who I was red was like, Oh yeah, I need to, I need to have a kid by the time I'm 30. And I was like, need, I think I, I, I gravitated towards the end. I'm like, what do you mean you need to have a kid? And it's like, yeah, I know I, I need it. Like, I know that that's something like I need in my life. And I was, I was being way too you know, uh, focused on the, 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 the textbook definition of it. But I was like, you know, um, so you don't need to have a kid. You need food, water, shelter. You don't need to have a kid. You want to have a kid. Um, but anyways, this was just like a classic argument with me where I was like, I was trying and, and I had people, I'm going to call Mika out on this too. My buddy Mika's like, no, you gotta, you gotta have a kid, someone to teach things to and to play ball with and to just have that. I'm like, 
want yes want strong wants there's no there's no problem with wanting it but everyone's like you know you need to that the human race this is how i'm like the human race isn't going anywhere we're not in danger you having a kid you don't need like anyways it was um i still i still understand what my point was and i felt a little bummed out that no one understood what i was saying i was i was fascinated by people's understanding for the need i wasn't like why would you want to have a kid so that was, that was kind of me sometimes is that people thought, you know, they, they hear something different. My fascination was, why does this feel like such a need? You know, it's a strong want. I get it. There's nothing wrong with it. It sounds great. Just, it's not a, it's not a need, <laughs> but, um, I got involved with a woman who I loved very much and she had two kids. This was the, the love of my life at the time. And I was like, it's funny because I was like, you know what? I, I, recognize that she's got kids and I care about her and this is a package deal. That's what we talked about when, when Crystal and I first got together, she was like, you know, me and the kids were a package deal. And I was like, so is me and comedy. Like, I hope you respect that. And that's something that I want to do. Um, and it was just funny, funny, not even funny. It was just what an incredible experience. We, we moved in together very quick and I was a part of these kids lives every single day. I got to see, I believe they were two and four when we got together and it was just, I got to see, what it was like to be a parent. Uh, I got to be cool and, and like admired, not because I was a stand-up comedian or anything like that. I was admired because I was just Josh, you know what I mean? And I could tell you guys stories up and down about like how cool the parenting experience was. And despite the fact that Crystal and I were on and off, like, I love this. Cause I will tell you this right now. Um, I remember my barber telling me early on when we got together, and this was like, when I was like, I was just learning how to be around them and not being like an idiot. You know what I mean? Um, and I made parenting mistakes. Fuck that. I ever make parenting. Mistakes. I took all the garbage from how, like all the mistakes from my parenting into this relationship and I fucked up and, and it's, it sucks. Like it's just, you're, you're human. You know what I mean? No instruction manual, but I just remember my barber saying to me very early on in the relationship, I was thinking like, like it's fucking, it feels gross to say now because of how much I love these kids, but it felt like at times, like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to like them. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to get along. It's going to be like, kind of like, okay, like, you know, this is the package deal, <laughs> but, but I don't know much about, it, you know, whatever. I'm not, I don't like, I don't hate kids, but I don't love kids. Uh, I fucking, I fucking love kids now. Um, you know what I mean? It's just cool to see how they think and, and the level of creativity, the, the, the human mind without lumps of shame and guilt and all that shit that we, we, these horrible stigmas that we pay forward to our children. Don't do that. Don't, don't dance like that. People are going to think you're crazy. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't wear that. No, no, no. Don't do this. Shh, don't say that. People are going to, oh, all that horrible shit. You're not doing anybody. If you're not doing your kids a favor by making them feel self-conscious, you know, you got a, you got a kid who wants to put on a tutu and go to school. Let him. If he's happy, build up his self-confidence, right? You know, you're literally being the first bully by telling him, you know, you can't wear that. People are going to think you're weird or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, we got told that kind of shit when we were kids. Or some people had supportive parents and they don't waste their time listening to a, a fucking comedian bitching about life. Anyways, I had so many great experiences that, that I got to a point pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we were together for like 10 years and it wasn't even a question where I was like, you know, if I get into another relationship, like definitely having kids is on the table. I, I would love to be a dad and I think I would make an okay dad. Um, it, for me, it wouldn't be so much about like making sure my kids have the same beliefs as me It's more just like being there for them, helping them build up their confidence. And then when they have questions, 
making it so that they want to come to me and, and use me as a sounding board and I'll do everything I can to, to get the right answers. I, I love seeing Brody and Mikhail and the, the, you know, 16 and 13 year olds that they are now so much. They're pretty fucking awesome people. I mean, Crystal is an amazing, she is an amazing mother. One of the best moms I've ever seen. Like that's, they're great kids. They're really great kids. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I got to be a part of their life. and got to have those experiences. It's funny now because my friends, kids are now the ages that Brody and Michaela are. So it'll be a point where I can actually start to relate to what they've got going on and whatnot, because I wasn't there for the, uh, the diaper changing, you know, learning words. Like they could talk a little bit, you know, obviously Brody infinitely more being four, but it was just, you know, I can communicate with them. I can, uh, I can see their little, their little head spinning with wonder and all these things. Ah, what a great thing. Listen, I, I will be the same guy. I've told lots of guys this are like, nah, I'm not interested in any kids. I go, I go, it's awesome. And I go, listen, you're just saying you're not really interested in having kids. You don't want kids. I'm like, you should have heard how fucking vocal I should have shut the fuck up a hundred times about how, like, I just don't want to have, I'm not interested in it. It's a lot of work that it's, um, as other people have said, it lives up to the hype. So I just tell guys all the time. I go, listen, I'm not telling you you should have kids. I'm not telling you, you should want to. I go, I had the experience, um, you know, and it changed my mind. It changed my perspective on it. Um, loved it, loved it. Um, and, and like any other parent can tell you, like there's times where you're just like, Oh, you drive me fucking crazy. But the good times and everything are so worth it. So worth it. The, the being able to be there for somebody. Yeah. Just to, 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 the responsibility of just being like, I'm, I'm this person's caretaker and they trust me to help make sense of the world for them. Ah, it's great guys. Yeah. Being a parent, being a parent, uh, hardest job in the world, psychologically, maybe to some, sometimes physically, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give you some Oprah speech where it's the hardest job in the whole world. You know, it's, it's difficult at times. It's taxing. It keeps you, keeps you going, but there's uh, there's harder. Um, Okay. And then here's the big one. Here's the big one. This is the one that changed my life the most is, uh, being angry. Um, I, I have talked about this in the podcast before. Um, but again, for anyone who's new to it or whatever, just to know something that changed me big time. Um, something that I felt strongly about, well, I was a very angry person. Um, I complain now, but I, I don't, I try not to let my, my emotions get the better of me. Um, this is something that if you've never stopped and looked inward, uh, do it, do it. This, this has been the most freeing thing I've ever learned. So was it something I felt really strongly about? No, but it had a strong hold over my life. Just being angry, frustrated, pissed off. You know what I mean? And I, I just, you know, I'm not mad about this. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just pissed off. I the world's, you know, fucking trying to fuck me over and all these different, just anger motions. And I remember I was working at Domino's pizza, uh, within the last decade. I don't remember exactly. And I would say it was sometime probably 2014 was when this conversation was had, maybe, maybe 2015. But I remember I had gone on three deliveries to like the farthest point away from our store, which burning my own gas and everything like that, stuck in rush hour traffic, stop and go get there. And then the person didn't pay me. You know what I mean? Something like, you know, college students ordering $50 of the pizza, but you know, I'm sorry, I'm a student. I can't afford to tip. It's like, really? But you can afford to drop $50 on one meal. You know what I mean? Like that's the anger shit that I was feeling. Like don't blow smoke up my ass. Just be like, yo, no tip for you. Cause I'm a cocksucker. That's what it was. 
So I, I do about three of these in a row where I'm just getting fucked. We called it stiffed in the business and not like, oh, I didn't get a tip. Like they gave me a dollar. It's like nothing. I got absolutely nothing. So like, I just, I would have made more money if I just stood here against the wall instead of paying my own gas to go get nothing. So these came back and I was just, I was in a mood. I was like, what the fuck are these people's problems? Just angry. I was angry, not fun to be around. No question. You know what I mean? Like I, I vent angrily in a comedic way. Sometimes I can make people laugh with my anger, but at the same time, sometimes I'm just fucking angry and there's nothing funny about it. I'm just, I'm, you want to talk complaining, legitimate complaints and, and negative and not nice to be around. Not, not gonna, not gonna, you know, sugarcoat it. And my colleague, uh, Didi was like, She's like, you know, uh, anger is a secondary emotion. Those were the words that she said. They're the first words I remember. Was it uh, was it the first words of her mouth? I don't know, but it's the first words I remember hearing in her mouth. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, it's a secondary emotion in the in the sense that you don't you don't just get angry. And I go, okay. She's like, anger is secondary to fear. So you feel fear and anger is a result of fear. And so I'm like, well, what do you like? You know, it, I, you've got my attention. So she's like, well, for example, if you're driving in traffic right? And somebody cuts you off and you're like, watch where you're fucking going. She's like, in that moment, you were probably afraid that you were going to get hurt. You were afraid that, you know, your car was going to get damaged. Like there was a concern that led to that anger that, that provoked that anger. And I immediately understood what she meant. Now, part of me, and this is the exact same response I had that everybody else has when I, when I share the same piece of insight with them, right? Which is really just psychology. Um, is my, my thought was, well, there's gotta be times where I get angry and I'm not always afraid. Do you know what I mean? But I started to try to pick situations where you would get angry and then going, okay, well, what could I be afraid of in that instance? And it was funny because you can explore it and go, oh, like, well, in this case, you know, maybe it's this or in this case, maybe it's that. And it's like, sometimes when I tell people this, they think that I'm saying that like, when you are angry, it means you're terrified. It's not exactly what it means. It means that you're concerned. Like you can have a small concern leads to a small frustration. You know what I mean? Like the, the anger isn't, isn't, it's a fight or flight response to fear. You know what I mean? Only the fears in our lives now is like, so I, I looked at it. The fears in our lives now, a lot of them are, are, you know, mental. Like, how am I going to pay my bills? That's a, that's a fear. I'm afraid I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills. So the, the reason that you heard me sort of sidestep what I was saying is that like in that moment, I was like, well, why am I angry right now? What am I afraid of? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm probably afraid that I'm wasting my time. I'm probably afraid that I'm not going to make enough money to pay the things I need to pay. I'm afraid I'm working a job I don't like, and it's not even going to be worthwhile. You know what I mean? And then when you recognize those fears, you're like, well, if you're afraid you're wasting your time or you're afraid you're not gonna make enough money, then that, that gives you something to work on. You know what I mean? Maybe I should find something else. Like it gives me something to reflect on and then to actually action a solution versus, well, he's fucking cheap. Fuck. Like there's nothing to come from that. So I, I started thinking about it. I started, you know, yeah, it's, it's interesting how that works. And you, it really helps for me because it became a tool that I started to, to employ right away, which is, you know, okay. If I feel, if I feel angry, I'm afraid. So what am I afraid of? So rather like I would basically just start to ask myself, as soon as I started to feel like getting angry about something, I would just go, okay, I'm angry. It means I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? You know what I mean? And just think about the situation. You know what I mean? Like fuck it, putting together an Ikea shelf. You sort of get pissed off. Well, maybe you're afraid that, you know, it's not going to get, you're not going to get together in time or, or that you're not going to be able to put it together or that something's missing. Or like, there's obviously, there's always a concern associated. I've, again, tons of people. Nah, nah, I don't get, I'm not scared. Yes, you are. You just don't know it. And the funny thing too, about asking yourself, like, okay, I'm angry breath. What am I afraid of? Like your anger's not 
not uh, it's not that it's not legitimate. It's just that reacting in anger is very emotional, right? So like you're not making things better when you're just angry. So if you stop and go, okay, I'm angry. What am I afraid of? And you start thinking, well, maybe, I mean, you're not always going to come up with the answer. I don't always come up with the answer, but I, I know that a, I believe that it's fear associated. And then by stopping to go, okay, well, am I afraid of this? Like, what am I, am I afraid? You know, a lot of times people just get angry in, in fights and relationships. You know what I mean? And you're like, why are you angry? Oh, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, you, but you might be, well, not might, there's no might about it. You, you most certainly are psychologically speaking, you are afraid or concerned or worrisome about something. And I feel like a lot of times, like in relationships, when people get angry in arguments, it's like, I'm afraid that you're not listening. I'm afraid that you're not understanding my point. I'm afraid that you're not going to let me get my point across. I'm afraid this behavior is going to continue. I'm afraid you don't respect my feelings, or I'm afraid that you're not going to listen to them. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things to be afraid of or concerned about. Choose whatever word makes sense to you, but they're, they distill down to fear. So what is it that in that moment that you're, that you're afraid of that that's making you act that way? Cause if you can catch that, right. If you're arguing with your, your partner, like, okay, hold on, honey, I'm angry. So I'm afraid. Like I've done that with my mother in the car. Like I'm, I get frustrated with her knowing that she's clicking on links and giving her credit card number. And I'm like, mom, what the fuck are you doing? Like I've even said, so, look, mom, I'm, a, I'm angry. So I know I'm afraid. Okay. And I'm probably afraid in this moment that you're going to hurt yourself or you're going to, you're going to give your information away and you're going to get fucked over. I'm afraid that, you know, you're going to click on things that are going to put you in a bad position. Like, like I'm angry, but I'm not angry at you. I'm angry because I'm afraid and I'm afraid something bad's going to happen to you. And I'm worried about you. You know what I mean? Like it, to that, that revelation for me was such a game changer in my life. It doesn't mean I don't get angry anymore. It just means that that reacting and staying in that anger is easier because like I said, I, I, now I feel myself getting angry and rather than just, I stop and I go, okay, what are you afraid of? You know what I mean? Like, and I start thinking about it. Sometimes I come up with the answer and I'm like, cool, I've got something I can action or, or work towards. I know what the problem is. Um, sometimes I don't, but regardless of whether I figure out exactly what it is, I have pulled myself out of that mental state, like that, that emotional state of anger and put myself in a logical one of trying to figure out what it is. And so I'm not reacting like a shithead and, and pushing people away. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not doing more, you're not doing harm. And the thing is, it's funny too, right? Because you hear people talk about fear mongering, like when everyone's angry or whatever, you hear them talking about fear mongering. They don't talk about anger mongering. It, that, that fear is exactly what drives the anger right? Because fear does, sorry, I apologize. Anger is a secondary emotion of fear. It is not a standalone. Fear can stand alone. You can be afraid and not be angry, right? But the anger is a fight or flight response to fear. You get angry to, to be hostile. The only thing is that like we're, we're cavemen, lizard brain kind of shit where it's like, you know, I'm afraid. Well, the only fears are, are so, you know, you're not, you're not a caveman worried about how's, how you're going to pay the cave rent next month. And now you're angry and flipping out. It's like your, your fear is run big cat, eat Biff or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? So like, that's, that's where that goes. That's all I'm saying is that, you know, it's our fears now are like, we have fight or flight. People have panic attacks when they're worried about like, how are they going to, you know, how are they going to pay their rent? What's going to happen after COVID? Am I going to have a job? Like that, that nervousness, that fight or flight that you're feeling, your, your brain doesn't know that this fear that you're thinking of is not something that's right in front of you. You're having the fight or flight response. I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but that's why you feel sick when, when you get scared. You know what I mean? Like, like, why do I feel like I want to throw up or shit myself when I get nervous? It's because your brain 
is uh, your your system, your psyche is is sensing fear. And again, in nature, your instincts are, well, fear means run. You know what I mean? It's not like conceptual fears, right? It's, I'm afraid, run. And the reason you feel sick to your stomach or you, or you feel like you're going to shit is because in nature, you know, if you got to flee from danger, if you throw up or shit, you're making yourself lighter and therefore easier to escape. So that's where that shit comes from. Um, but anyways, like I said, for myself, not only, you know, um, do I use it as a way to pull myself out of that state and kind of go, okay, what am I afraid of right now? That's causing me to, to get upset. Not only does it change my dynamic with anger, but it has also changed how I see angry people because before, you know, someone comes up to you and they're, you know, angry, what the fuck? Da, da, da. And again, it gets your fear up. Well, I'm afraid this person's going to attack me or they're angry with me or whatever it is. And now your, your anger comes out. What the fuck is your fucking problem? Like, and then it's two people who are, you know, angry at each other, whatever the fear was in the first dude, who knows, but it's just like, you know, now I don't see somebody who's angry. I see someone who's afraid. Someone comes up to me and starts yelling. It's like, well, you know, I don't need to get angry or afraid. I don't, I don't have any real reason to be afraid unless they're, you know, threatening me with violence or whatever. But you think about like, you know, I've worked in, in cell phone places where someone comes in and they're angry about their bill. You know what I mean? Well, they're probably afraid that they're going to get charged for something that they didn't use, or they're afraid that, you know, they're, they're getting fucked over. They're afraid that they can't, you know, trust whatever it services with, like whatever the fuck it is, right. Or they're afraid that they're not going to get this fixed. Right. But if you look at somebody who's angry and you go, they're afraid and you try to empathize, okay, well, what could they be afraid of in this situation? You know, you're not going to walk up to someone who's fucking furious and be like, Hey man, what are you afraid of? You might get punched in the face. Hey, you guys hear that? That is my, I have one hour left to eat. I have, um, I have done, uh, sorry. Of course there's shitloads of messages on my phone. Um, I have, I've set up alarms and everything like that to make sure that, you know, I get uh, a one hour warning, right? There's no point in setting an alarm that says can't eat anymore if I lost track of time, right? So you need one, one hour. And then I got another alarm that's like, put down pencils down, forks down, fatty, put down the fork. You are out of time for today, monsieur. Anyways, um, so getting back to that, yeah, like I said, you don't want to approach somebody who's fucking furious and be like, hey, what are you afraid of? That would be a terrible thing. But, you know, in just taking a second, like, that's the thing too. Like, I've actually, you know, been past nightclubs and stuff, you know, driving past, waiting at a red light. Some guy, some young guy's outside screaming at his girlfriend, what the fuck were you talking to that guy for? You know, don't fucking blah, blah. It's like, you're like, oh, buddy, you're just doing more harm than good. And you know exactly what's his fear. Well, obviously he's afraid of his, his girlfriend's going to go talk to that guy. They'll leave him or whatever. Like sometimes it's like just taking that second to go, I wonder what he's afraid of. It's fucking obvious. You know, you see two people fucking screaming at each other and you're like, ah, oh, I bet you care about each other, but both of you are so afraid of something right now, but you're letting your anger just push each other apart. Oh, it's sad guys. But the biggest change in my life, the number one thing that a situation or a conversation, that conversation with Didi about anger being a secondary emotion has changed my life. Um, I'm, I'm infinitely a better person understanding the root of my anger. Did it eliminate anger? No, anger is a, is a real emotion. But what I do with that anger has changed night and day. It has made me uh, a better person, a better man. It has, it has affected every single relationship that I have in a positive. Um, do I still complain on my podcast? Sure. Am I angry? A little bit. But it's better to get it out in the form of me bitching about something than than to be screaming and yelling with with my my partner or or being a 
been in a shitty mood. You know what I mean? Like you look at these guys who are single, right? I got, I got friends who are overweight, you know, I, there was a time in my life where I thought that I was single because I was overweight and it's like, no, I'm single probably because I have a shitty attitude at times. You know what I mean? You got these guys who are like, you know, there's guys who are skinny and in shape. You know what I mean? But they're at, again, their attitude sucks. There's, there's lots of guys I know who are like overweight and they're like, oh, if I lose the weight, then I, then I'm going to get the, then I'm going to get the bitches. And I'm like, well, if that's your perspective, you're going to be pissed off when you get there. Right? Like the attitude makes a big difference. You know what I mean? And if you're like, if you're in a shitty mood, oh, these fucking, can you believe these fucking chicks are so fucking, you know, these sluts. Well, I've got guys who talk like this. It's like, oh, these fucking sluts aren't interested. Yeah. They just want to fuck me. It's like, well, listen to you. You're a crabby fucking cock. You know, cocksucker. You're a crab. You're in a grouchy. You have a shitty attitude. Who would want to be around that all the time? I have been guilty of, of being not to that same extent. You know, I'm not walking around calling women sluts or whatever, but there's times where I just felt like, oh, I'm the only reason I'm single is because I'm physically unattractive. And I can say <laughs> that there's, there was a lot of things about my personality that were unattractive as well. And I am, and anger was one of them. So if you're listening to this and you have issues with anger, know that like, even it's not that other people are even looking at you going, wow, he's really afraid, but they just, just being around someone who's angry isn't an easy thing to do. And it's not something that anyone would want. Um, so yeah, game changer for me. Um, that's it guys. That's my top five. I, I can't remember for the life of me what other top five I had. There was, um, I can't remember. Fuck. I was, I was happy about it and it felt fun. It was something to do. Uh, I don't know. I really don't remember if it was food or what I don't, I'll try to come up with it. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of being able to pick the next week's top five so that you guys can join in. Uh, just if you decide that you want to throw yours in, this is a, this was a big one. This was a positive one. Things that I felt strong about that a conversation or situation ultimately changed. Um, send them to me guys. I, I, it's not like I went to school and someone talked me out of one course or another, you know, um, um, I've been encouraged to be a comedian my entire life. So it's not like one conversation, you know, so I, I did feel avidly against that. Maybe, you know what, maybe that's something, but you know, now I'm not really even chasing comedy that, that hard cause everything's closed. But, you know, I spent a lot of my life strongly feeling like I didn't have what it takes to be a comic. Uh, I was wrong about that. I guess it was, um, you know, I've talked about that in the past. Like, I guess there's more things had I spent more time really diving deep, but, um, this is a positive one guys. So maybe you had something in your life that you changed a direction an opinion or whatever it is. I'd really love to hear from you guys on this one. Um, my expectations are incredibly low, but, um, it would be nice. Um, yeah, I've got good people. I got, you guys got really good people out there. And just based, I hope on my list, you know, maybe, maybe somebody is out there who's had some shit that, that really changed their perspective and you might change mine. Or if you write it in, you might change someone else's too. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm hoping that some of the shit that I talked about maybe gave you guys a, a little bit of a, a different appreciation. Uh, that would mean a lot to me, but you know, maybe it didn't, maybe it's just a, a little bit more of the story that is me. But, um, having said that contact at one man podcast.com, no matter what you send in, I will read it. If you want to tell me I'm an idiot, if I said something offensive, whatever it is, um, I'm never going to give you guys shit for something I learned yesterday. I've, I've talked with people about that. It's like, as much as I'm learning stuff, like I can't turn around like, Oh my God, how do you not know this? It's like, we we're all just learning at our own pace. I'm 38 years old, still learning really important lessons. I was in my thirties before I learned any of these things. So, um, if you're still struggling with shit, just remember to forgive yourself. The, the answer's 
could come. Um, there's a saying I love that's when the student, uh, sorry, when the student is ready, the master appears. And what that means to me is that a lot of us are not in a position in our lives where we're, we're willing, you know, where we're not ready to learn. Somebody, some, you know, I've, I've talked to some young pups about the anger and they just, nah, nah, no, nah, I get angry and I'm not scared. And they're just not ready to hear it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's what that saying to me means is sometimes you get to a point in your life where you're like, I'm open to this. I'm open to maybe making a change or whatever. And then, and then it's like, you know, the, the quote unquote, the master appears, not that it's one person. It's just that the universe it's there. This, this information was always there. You just weren't ready to hear it. So as soon as you're open to the idea that maybe I can take a different perspective on this, or maybe I can think differently. It's like, bam, it's all, it's all right there. It was always there, but you know, Hey, when the student is ready, the master appears. Uh, I feel that wholeheartedly. And even, even some of these big growth things, there's new things in my life all the time that I still, you know, Hey, I feel strongly about this, but I'm, I might be just one conversation away from, from feeling differently about it. So, um, I hope you guys have the best fucking week ever. Um, send me whatever you want or don't, uh, one more shout out to onesie of the month, Brent in Calgary racket network for sending me what I need to expedite my, uh, my, you know, the healing of my, my tennis elbow. Um, really can't thank you enough. What a great human being. Um, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, I appreciate you being here with me and I look forward to talking to you again soon. The world is a vampire.
say what is lost can never be saved. Despite.